The Koi Gig Pod. I think all the concerns that we have obviously being that middle tier are very valid considering just how much we benefited from playing teams of a higher calibre going into our qualifiers. Subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now. The News Round on Off The Ball. With Gillette. We don't just play the game, we change it. Gillette, made of what matters. This is News Talk. Now you're welcome along. Monday evenings off the ball. Joe Malloy here. So six days out from a World Cup and a Cristiano Ronaldo, Piers Morgan bonanza is dominating. Shame on us all. We will contribute further, I'm afraid, though. Mark Critchley of The Independent is with us. Pat Nevin is along on the football show. Gordon Darcy and Rory O'Connor have to say with us on Monday Night Rugby. Text number, as ever, 53106. Do get in touch. We are at Off The Ball on Twitter. Michael McCarthy here in studio. Hello. How are you, Joe? Richie McCormick, hello. Evening, young man. Betrayed, Richie. I feel betrayed. What did I do now? No, listen, I'm just mimicking Ronaldo and whatever way he's managed to You'd be the sort, to be fair, Joe. In his head. You'd be the sort. Listen, I would go on Piers Morgan to air my grievances if he'd have me. I think we've got more listeners than Piers Morgan has viewers, though, to be fair, Joe. Uh, well, this is the interesting thing. I've seen, I've, I've, I've seen Morgan hit with this. Look, I, don't ask me why. I have a certain fascination with him and maybe it's the media aspect as well. But I was reading his uh, Sunday Times diary yesterday. It was in the Sunday Times magazine where he was talking about uh, behind his new show, behind the scenes type diary. And to be fair, they were all rather disappointed with the viewing figures themselves. But then they have found, I wouldn't say to their shock, but, you know, they've been pleasantly surprised maybe at the extent to which this thing has been picked up online. So, for instance... The Kanye West thing, bazillion views. Jordan Peterson just the other week at like 20 million views. Trump, a gazillion views. So they've almost... Seen a pattern here, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. Oh, he's got a type. Like, yeah. you know. Yeah. But it, they're struck by the fact that actually the television channel, which is very hard to remember the name of. I just can't. UK Talk? Talk Talk? Talk, talk TV? Talk TV? Something Talk is uh, they realise actually it's an internet show. The TV channel is an irrelevance. So I would think on Wednesday when this 90-minute bonanza does air on YouTube for free, it'll have 20, 30 million views by the end of the week, I suppose. 90 minutes of it. I mean, I'm kind of curious. It can't just be a petulant rant for 90 minutes. Or can it? Mm. I'd say he was given the platform for it anyway. I'd say it was favourable. I don't know if you watched this Kanye West interview. Uh, just clip. Better things to do at my time, Joe. Yeah, I watched the full hour of it because I was genuinely interested to see Yay. Yeah, go yeah. on, yeah, keep going. <laughs> in long form. Yeah. To get a genuine sense of, frankly, his mental health, his mental state. And it was, you know, th- there is something about him in long form which was very illuminating. Yeah. But to be, uh, to be fair to Piers Morgan... Gonna let that go on, yeah, yeah. There. Keep going, Joe. I'm, I've I've had my fill of it already, and yeah. it's uh, six <laughs> minutes past seven. He was incredibly combative in that interview, and there was constant okay. clashes in that interview. And I guess to be fair against Trump as well, he held them to account in a way that lots of journalists don't. It's not to say Trump's a difficult man to hold to account. Really, you've plenty of ammunition, but I suspect this Ronaldo interview will be far more favourable soft yeah yeah. I think Cristiano Ronaldo Trump Kanye West Pierce Morgan himself Jordan Peterson, Jordan Peterson. Yeah. all have an incredible incredible ability to make everything about themselves 
in a way that's like, you know, it's I don't want to say like narcissistic or anything, but I do feel that there's a there's a issue with people who have their entire life is about their place in it, and the whole world revolves around them so much that. I feel it just you lose all sense of reality and perspective eventually and I think this this Ronaldo interview like you have to say is so off the deep end mad that he could think that this is a normal thing to do in to quote unquote defend himself mm. you know but like surely it comes from the fact that since this guy's been a child the entire wor- world has been about how great Cristiano Ronaldo is or can be yeah, am I reading? I mean, I'm reading like amateur psychology isn't probably what people need right now from this, but it's all I can think about. I can just think about it. So, what drives someone to become so self obsessed yeah. that they think that this is a normal way to behave? Oh, I suppose the extraordinary level of fame and how that changes you from the age of 17, 18 to yeah. now. I mean, extraordinary level of fame. That's an aspect. I think he's also doing this interview to blow up the relationship once and for all he wanted out in the summer Manchester United for them like for United there was a financial component to this we paid a transfer fee for you we've paid you obscene wages we're not just letting you go you do have time left in your contract so they wanted money for him and most right thinking clubs looked at him to pay money up front to United his gargantuan wages and then dealing with the ticking time bomb that is the raging against the light of Ronaldo as you know as his uh, his, his ageing limbs uh, confront everyone in a very real way and most clubs said no way so I think Ronaldo here perfect timing eve of the World Cup he never has to walk back into the dressing room to face the music Do you think he cleared out his locker? Potentially I think he has done this so Manchester United are forced into saying right a la Roy Keane all those years ago the contract's over you can go go Yeah Yeah maybe maybe so um, I, think there's a, I think there's a logic there but I also think you're right I think there is a misguided sense of a grievance there as well that's it. Yeah, no, he 100% believes this. And he believes it every time he's sitting on the bench that this is, instead of a football decision that even might be wrong, it's a personal vendetta, yeah. dig, you know, personal reasons that he is there sitting on the bench and it's because a manager doesn't like him personally or because he's trying to make a point or he's trying to, you know, uh, own the dressing room, whatever it might be. Ronaldo never thinks that maybe this isn't the game for me or maybe he's making a decision based on wanting to win. Uh, again, and it just—I think it all comes back to the same thing, really. It just comes back to this clouded view of reality. I think he made certain valid points. Now he shouldn't have made them publicly, but he made valid <laughs> points. He said Ralph Rangnick, I'd never heard of him. Why was he anywhere near Manchester United? One hundred percent true. Yeah. He talked about the stagnation at the club. Yeah. So he said nothing has changed. He said surprisingly. Now he picked some odd examples. I mean, I would think the kitchen staff are thinking, "Whoa." Why do you need to sack kitchen staff to move on? He does, he, does, yeah. he does mention that one of the chefs is a nice person. He so does. At least, uh, he, he does cover his arse somewhat there. Somewhat. Um, but he said... But like the, 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 nuts and, the nuts and bolts and the, the kind of the hardware stuff. Yeah. I think that's all pretty valid. And I think I anybody think so too. would go towards that and say, yeah. But you don't do it in a sit-down interview with Pierce Morgan where the headline is, I am betrayed. Me, 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 me. I, on my 600 grand a week, have been mistreated by this institution somehow. It's narcissistic and, and bordering on cretinous to be honest like <laughs> but Richie makes that point though it's like the stagnation isn't the problem for Manchester United it's a the stagnation is like you told me to come back here and look at the look at the state of this all the valid points are still wrapped up in how it's a personal insult to Cristiano Ronaldo you No, know, I, I politely 
disagree a touch with that. I think it's really valid to point out what a disgrace Manchester United has been. So I think when he says, okay, it's the pool and the jacuzzi, that was the wrong way to lead. But when he talks about the gym hasn't changed, any of the technologies at the club, the infrastructure, because he does, and this has been less reported, but he does have the wherewithal to say at the end of this rant about, you know, since Ferguson has left, I haven't seen an evolution at the club. Progress is zero. He does finish that by saying, you have to tear it down and rebuild it. If they start with me, not a problem. So I think there is an acknowledgement. He had the yeah, chance to do the, the He had the chance either. to recce this a year ago, though. Like that's that's what gets lost. gets lost in all this. He was yeah. brought in when you're brought in as a signing. Like most signings would be like he, when he was a, you know a teenager being brought to the club, he would have been shown around going, "This is the gym. This yeah. is the jacuzzi. This is the pool." And you go, "Hmm, grand, yeah." He would have looked around then and like and decided, actually, do you know what? At this stage of my career, I probably don't need to be taking a step backwards. And he took that on himself. Yeah, all of this is on him. Like his aging body is on him because that's just what age does to people. Yeah, he probably probably did assume they had kicked on. But then he walked into the kitchen and saw Greg was still there. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) But he saw he, he was there. He was a part of that team last year. So whether they wanted him out then and whether all the vendetta started early as he's, you know, like alluding to, at least in the clip that I saw, whether that's the case or not. He was there leading the line, scored a few goals, fine. Their record was terrible. They were lucky to finish sixth last season. Like, very lucky. I think people would agree. I don't know why West Ham didn't even pass them out at the end. They were so poor at the end of the season. Right? Not in the Champions League. He's as as at fault for that as anybody else. The idea that he's not a part of this. And then he demands out straight away. It's like, oh, my big comeback didn't work out. I'm not in the Champions League. I want out. So he spent the whole summer completely raining on Ten Hag's parade. Any kind of momentum that Ten Hag was going to have as a new manager was overshadowed by the Cristiano Ronaldo show. And then he has the temerity to come and blame it all since having walked out in the team twice already up until before this. I, I think that's so interesting. And I totally agree with you. This man apart syndrome, which really weirdly has been furthered in the media by Roy Keane, Rio Ferdinand, a few others where they're like in in raging rows on television saying things like 18 goals, 18 goals over and over again, 18 goals. And like the reality of the 18 goals in the league, one like, I mean, he'd he'd hammer in a hat-trick against Norwich Norwich, and then not score for a month and a half. And he would stand there like this horrible... Uh, Machiavellian presence behind Bruno Fernandes taking penalties willing him to miss so he could take over penalties the second Bruno missed and he did that and so he took penalties as well Fernandes form goes down the toilet mm. and, and yet it's this he's a man apart you know he, he's not to blame mm. for any of this he demands the captaincy of uh, Harry, Harry Maguire yeah who's struggling for form and his confidence is in the toilet and Ronaldo's answer is get the captaincy off that guy give it to me so I don't know it's all very very grim and it's just amazing the extent to which I know, find it funny six days after world because I don't care about Manchester United or Cristiano Ronaldo and then it's like and the whole thing is like you can't like it's there's a party that wants that wants to be angry at this because of how disgraceful it is that in a team sport he's doing this yeah but there's another part of it that's very funny yeah we should kick on the news round is brought to you with Gillette in association with Movember effortless shave magnificent mo you can sign up or donate now at movember.com so, Richie, the fallout from Fiji, not good on the injury yeah. front. No, it ain't, no. Uh, Robbie Henshaw and Joey Carberry will miss Saturday's test with Australia. Henshaw will rehab back at Leinster, having suffered a hamstring injury in that win. Uh, it was just four minutes, though. He lasted during the game. Carberry's observing the return to play protocols back at Munster, having been removed against Fiji for a HIA. Jonathan Sexton, James Ryan, Andrew Porter, Josh van der Flaer and Hugo Keenan will all have knocks assessed this week. And here's a reminder of Andy Farrell's assessment of that Fiji win. For us, as far as the, the performance is concerned, pretty underwhelming. Um, um, 
yeah, as I, I suppose when you when you look back and you analyse a performance like that, you'll get plenty of learnings out of it. Um, but uh, for for Fiji, being down to 13 men, obviously with a red card and a couple of yellow cards, and you know the the penalty count being 14-10 in our favour, we we should have been a lot more clinical than, than, than we were, and I think that's the moral of the story. Really, we we got into the 22. Uh, time and time again, and yes, because of illegalities or stop-start nature, we lost our flow, etc. But we wasn't clinical enough uh, by any stretch of the imagination. Hard not to feel very sorry, Rich, for Joey Carberry. Every chance mm. he may have started against Australia, potentially, I don't know, or certainly got more game time. And it was uh, very striking. Vern Cotter after was asked about Albert Tuisu's headshot on Carberry, and he has been cited, by the way, yep. at Tuisu. And Cotter's response was, was there foul play? What's the question? Is there a head? I don't know. I think that's just a reaction from a losing coach who probably hasn't seen the incident. Um, Maybe, yeah. I wouldn't, read, I wouldn't read too much into it. It does come across as, as slightly disrespectful in the aftermath. But for Carberry, like, you do get the sense the time is running out a little bit. And I don't mean just this year. I mean, it's like I made the comparison on TV, probably misguidedly the other morning. It kind of reminds me of... Uh, the uh, you know Queen Elizabeth and Prince Charles like Prince Charles is looking as mad thinking I'm going to be king someday and he has to wait until he's on the verge of 74 until that happens and there's an element of that with Carberry is that by the time he does actually if he does at all get the throne in terms of the number 10 shirt there's others catching up with him who are probably going to be as worthy if not more worthy by the time he does take it now we'll get to an injury to one of them in a couple of minutes but I don't know if it's the injuries that he's had. I don't know if it's a stuttering lack of game time. I don't know if it's being in a less than brilliant monster side for the past couple of years or if it's a confluence of all of those factors. Mm. But it doesn't look as if he's going to be the guy I think a lot of people would have presumed he would be at this stage in his career. Some of it is on him. A lot of it isn't. Mm. Um, but it's kind of it's a difficult watch to see somebody lose their grip like that, I guess. Yeah, I agree. I do too, actually, yeah, I think that it's a pity, and I'd look, I mean, he's had awful injuries, like, consistently and always at the wrong time, but at the same time, I do think we have to take Joey Carberry off the, like, the automatic successor to the throne, you know, state that we've kind of been in forever at this stage, I would say, and just make sure that we are, like, as a, as a, as everybody watching the game and I presume as coaches are looking at the full picture and not just assuming that we have the number two guy in place you know so anyway that that's what I would just slightly disagree on what Richie said about Vern Cotter there and kind of I think no matter who you're coaching I think like this isn't going to change if we're not if we're constantly complaining about these decisions being made just because it happened against you he would you certainly know? have seen numerous replays on the screen in front of him in the coach's box now that I think about it yeah can't Arsene Wenger his way out of that one like I just I, again look I mean it's easy for us to say if it was an Irish player who was sent off uh you know, would we be saying the same thing? Maybe would we expect oh, Andy Farrell so. to do no, so? No, so. I'm saying would we be saying the same thing as in would we be saying, yeah, red card, you have to take it out of the game, but would we expect Andy Farrell to do so? I'm not so sure. But at the same time, I'd like to think that we have to just get to a point where we're not yeah, yeah, yaying or saying, oh, look, I don't know about that. That's a, that cost us the game as opposed to that cost Joey Carberry. Yeah, no, I, I, I think... Um I think I'd expect Farrell to a headshot like that, and yeah, it's an yeah. awful photo in the Sunday Times yesterday of yeah. Carby's head going back and the saliva going from his mouth, almost like a boxer. Mm. 
and he's put out of the game he's put out of the the sport for I don't know how long you know it's yeah. it's really shocking so some texts in Cristiano is correct totally disrespected he's only on a fixed wage with Manchester United which wouldn't link to inflation that was fine in August 2021 what's 600k worth in 2022 Con and Limerick <laughs> fair point none of us have worked that into the analysis Con I think what's really eating Ronaldo is Messi is where he wants to be. That easy life at PSG, padding out the stats, a few more medals guaranteed, Champions League football, Messi only 15 goals behind Ronaldo's European goals record. What a brilliant text that is. I think there may be something in that. And somebody else uh, says, United's performances show they're better without him in the team. Do you think he gives a damn about the state of United, whether it's the gym or uh, another issue it's only a stick to beat United with he only cares about himself he's the personification of all that's bad about football says Jim good text Jim by, by the way United are calibre text on a Monday evening yeah, absolutely yeah this is, this is the subject that's bringing out the, the texters uh, United are absolutely better off with him out of the team because even last Sunday when I'm like a little bit wary about Unai Emery's first game in charge and I see the team it wasn't even Donny van de Beek that stuck out to me. It was Ronaldo up top when you, you know, you're checking like a half an hour before kickoff. I was delighted. And that was an instinctual thing. That wasn't like me decide, you know, thinking Ronaldo's finished. It was just like, this is good. This okay. is what we need. Be able to play out the back a little bit. And it 100% worked out. He didn't kick a ball. Okay. World Rugby uh, nominees announced Richie. Ireland just bloody good at rugby. I know, it seems so, yeah. Uh, Farrell has had uh, good news today. Two players receiving World Rugby nominations. Jonathan Sexton and jo- uh, Josh van der Flyer offer Player of the Year along with France scrum half Antoine Dupont and Springbok centre Lacanio. Um, Farrell is shortlisted for the World Coach of the Year along with his French counterpart Fabien Galtier. New Zealand's Women's World Cup winning coach from the weekend Wayne Smith and England women's head coach Simon Middleton. Meanwhile, Mac Hansen and Dan Sheehan are up for the Breakthrough Men's Player of the Year. Ireland have nominees elsewhere with Linda Jugang's try against Wales during the Six Nations among the Women's Try of the Year nominees. Amy Lee Murphy-Crow is on the four-woman shortlist for Women's Seven Player of the Year and Terry Kennedy is up for Men's Sevens Player of the Year. So we are pretty good. At yeah, not today. bad. Rory O'Connor on Monday Night Rugby. He thinks Van der Fleer will hold off Sexton, hold off DuPont, hold off Am and win World Player of the Year. So that would be Keith Wood, Johnny Sexton, Van der Fleer at the end. Wow. In the lead up to the Springboks test, he got singled out for very high praise from the box journalists and the coaches. Yeah. They knew what was coming their way right. when Van der Flaer was playing in that test. Like he, like you're talking about, there was two players highlighted by them, and obviously Sexton was going to be one of them, and Van der Flaer was the other. And they were the only two really, I think, f- from memory in those, I think it was Neighbor and uh, a separate one with Erasmus. Where they're asked about them, and, and those are the two players from South African journalists that are getting highlighted. So, it's I don't interesting. Think this yeah, I almost point. assume he's like unheralded. He's the European yeah, player of the year. I know. Other countries. And look, we've talked about it before how far he's gone. We talked about it just last Monday, I think, after the Springboks match, and it's it's rightly and should be said again and again about Josh Van I'd pick Sexton. I don't know. I, every time I watch an Ireland match here, I always think it's like it's like you're going for who's the second best player here today, yeah. you know. And that that's the player we talk about. We'd be talking about Caelan Doris one day, or Van der Fleer another, or you know Hugo Keenan or whatever. But it's all they're always the sex is always more important in the game than them, you know. No matter how well they play. Not to talk down Van der Fleer, I'd almost pick Sexton as well. He's outstanding. Yeah. Like I, I still laugh now, and you have to like the idea that he wasn't brought in the Lions tour last year. I swear to God, it makes me. Like, laugh hysterically. I thought you were going to say really angry. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's ludicrous. Like, it's absolutely insane. But it was insane at the time, regardless what people say about the form yeah. at the time. But what he's done since has just made Warren Gatlin look like a. I won't say what. <laughs> 
<laughs> Richie, we might skip on. I know you've Ronaldo there. Let's yeah, skip on by that. Louise Quinn. Yeah, Louise Quinn marked a 100th cap for the Republic of Ireland with a goal this evening. The Birmingham City defender scored the third in a 4-0 win over Morocco in Marbella. And Megan Campbell opened the scoring after just two minutes. Katie McCabe slotted a penalty home six minutes after that. And in the dying embers of the game in Marbella as well, Kyra Carusa uh, scored the fourth. So a comfortable victory for Vera Pousside. She put out a pretty strong starting 11 this evening as well. FAI Cup final? Yeah, the FAI say they're liaising with both Shelburne and Derry City following a number of incidents around yesterday's final. Eight arrests were made due to a pre-match disturbance in Ring's End uh, when a fight broke out seemingly among Shells fans in the Aviva South stand during the game as well. Derry won the match by four goals to nil to claim their first FAI Cup in a decade. Cameron McJanet scored twice for the Candy Stripes and Derry boss Rory Higgins says they watched that recent Derry City Different League documentary on their way down to Dublin. It's interesting that you mention that documentary because we, we stopped them on him for a cup of tea halfway down and when we got back onto the bus we stuck it on um, so the people that didn't watch it uh, could see um, the history of the club I suppose and we always try and educate them anyway on the history of the club but it gives them an opportunity to see it for themselves and uh, aye, we tried to... We tried to uh, play on that a bit this week and, and um, you're right the, the, the potential is vast uh, but again as I said next year we'll, there'll be more expectation I have to deal with that the players have to deal with it and so be it it's, it's great um, and hopefully this can be a bit of a springboard for us uh, we can't take anything for granted we have to chip away in the background and, and make it everything better and, and improve standards around the place uh, on and off the pitch and um, let's see what we can turn the place into uh, Rich, in advance of this final, there were competing uh, previews. On the one hand, these two sides had played each other four times and there was only one goal aggregate in the difference. Shells had beaten Derry, there'd been a draw, there'd been two Derry wins. On the other hand, there was a 25-point gap in the table. It was yeah. more the latter we saw on evidence. Yeah, it was. And uh, I, it was a win that both sides needed it for different reasons. It would have been a brilliant feather in the cap for Damien Duff, obviously enough in his first year of management, full stop. Like the, to get to a cup final is brilliant in itself. Uh, to win a trophy would have been just remarkable, particularly with that squad. But as I mentioned, the difference in the squads uh, was there for all to see yesterday. And Derry, despite the fact that they kind of stumbled towards the end of the season in the league and let their challenge to Shamrock Rovers fall away at their own hand and um, really put in a performance worthy of I guess showing that they're going to be that team to take the step up and they're going to be the ones to, to challenge Rovers in the next year or two because they've got the budget to do it they seemingly have the manager to do it they've got the basis of a squad to do it which they will add to I would imagine in these coming weeks as well between seasons so yeah it, like I, I think it, we saw a Shelburne who finished what sixth in the league and a Derry City who finished as title challengers they were uh, seventh in the league because I know that because yeah, every yeah. time I checked the league table for oh, the entire right, we're, we're, season they were in who seventh were <laughs> who were they below again Oh, that, that's right. But they were in seventh. I've never seen anything yeah. like it. They were in seventh from like week one until the very last. Day. Sometimes they had like ten points either side of them. They were that, just that, they were the most maroon the table, team yeah. I've ever seen in a, in a table. That middle of the table crystallized fairly early on the season because you had Harps and, and UCD battling it out against the drop, and then Rovers and Derry and you know the others kind of in around the European positions and ourselves and Shells were basically playing hopscotch uh, mm. for uh, weeks upon weeks upon weeks. Um, but yeah, like I don't think the result should be a surprise to anybody no. kind of aware of the, the, the differences between the sides. But it's important that Duff builds on this and doesn't kind of get downhearted by it. Andy Friend is departing Connacht. 
he is yeah a bit of a surprise this the Connacht director of rugby has announced that he's leaving the province at the end of this season it's his fifth at the club having initially joined as head coach he's now director of rugby with Pete Wilkins as head coach friend guided Connacht to the knockout phase of the Heineken Champions Cup for the first time last season before taking on his current role Connacht CEO Willie Ruan said today that they were aware that this season will be friends last when he signed his 2021 contract extension okay uh, I think the move to director of rugby signaled this. So it's been yeah. five years and it's a, it's a segue in a way. Uh, meanwhile, desperately bad news for Kieran Frawley. This is going to be months, not weeks. Yeah, Leinster say Kieran Frawley will be out for a number of months. He picked up a knee injury in the recent Ireland A defeat to the All Blacks 15 at the RDS. Uh, it was a twisted knee at the time and Leinster say he requires a minor procedure on that tomorrow. Uh, meanwhile, flanker Martin Maloney, it's even worse for him. He's going to miss the rest of this season. He has picked up an ACL injury. Okay. Uh, one last story we uh, might touch on. So we are six days out from the World Cup. Teams are arriving in Qatar. We're already starting to see some, I don't know, do we call them protests of a kind? But certainly some stands, uh, stands I, guess, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Uh, the USA are one of those. Uh, they've put up rainbow flags at the World Cup training base in Qatar. Team Badge has rainbow elements incorporated as well. So the stripes that you see underneath the USA uh, are all in rainbow colours. Same-sex relationships can be punishable by death in the Gulf state, which insists that all fans are welcome. The move by the Americans is part of their Be the Change programme, which promotes social justice for all. Uh, Hugo Lloris, though, the French captain and goalkeeper, is speaking out today, uh, says he won't be making any such marks and no rainbow uh, armbands from him as he wants to uh, respect, I guess, he says, the host nation. Okay, interesting. I mean, ultimately and you would applaud the US team, it's very admirable. Ultimately, what's really uh, become apparent over the last number of months and certainly uh, weeks is Qatar don't care. This isn't isn't a sports washing project. They had no reputation to launder in the first place. This is an exercise in power. So if you think rainbow flags or armbands are bothering us at all, we don't care. This is just a naked show of power we are a powerful country on the world stage we've loads of money we own half of the uk we have all the oil what are you going to do wave your Joe, i'm you depressed enough play. as it is for yes, god's that, sake that is, i think like, <coughs> even stuff like today I, stuff like today like more more uh, obvious of that point was uh, budweiser who are clearly and anybody who's seen the fifa documentary saw what a big deal uh, set bladder made of getting commercial partners on board and ones of the size of coca-cola and budweiser budweiser's uh, i think they had tents out in public parks or uh, the fan parks that were going to be there in Qatar have to be hidden away now. And like, what are Budweiser going to say? Or what are FIFA going to say? Qatar are just there going, we got the World Cup now, yeah. deal with it. You know? Oh, totally. And and like, again, it's very admirable to take those stands, but uh, it matters. It, it, that's it's, that's it's what I think job. as well. I heard that USA news and I'm like, <laughs> what's the point? You know, and that's terrible because that is only all they can do. Yeah. And fair play to them for doing it. And there's there's no reason for me to be dismissive of it, but it was just, I can't help it. Like, it's just, what is the point? What's it doing for anyone? Mm. I mean, it's World a good Cup shouldn't thing. be there. It's, you it's, know? it's a good thing, but it doesn't get to the heart of the matter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we are pretty much out of time. We are pretty much out of time. So, Michael, thank you. Richie, thank you very much. Nice, lads.